from the beautiful West 7th neighborhood of St. Paul, Minnesota, you're listening to the Capital City Podcast. This is fun. Hopefully you can hear me over the boat noise as they come and go. Oh, wow, the sun is right behind my iPad. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, so welcome again. We're so glad to have you coming from near and far to watch your loved ones and friends be baptized. Um, I was standing at this very spot. It was maybe a year or two ago. Some of you may remember this story. We were just here as a family hanging out. And as we walked back to the parking lot, uh, there was this huge community that came down. And I, I'm pretty sure they were from the Ethiopian church that is just down the street here. Uh, and they were dressed in white. And they were all, of course, speaking their local languages that I don't know or understand. Uh, but it was clear that they were coming down to the river for a baptism service. And that's part of the reason that I thought, man, this would be an excellent place to do a baptism service. You guys still hear me over the waves? All right, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, <laughs> these are the kinds of things Jesus had to deal with at the Sea of Galilee, just sort of speaking over the waves. Um, we all carry our cross, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm joking. Okay, all right, not appropriate. All right, um, so <laughs> they were all speaking their own languages, and I, and, and I assume, just given their ages, that, that maybe some of them spoke English, especially the younger ones, uh, and then the older ones would know some. And so I just looked at a few of them as they passed and I just said, congratulations, you know, with a big beaming smile. And they were just so touched and they just like lit up back at me. And, you know, we kind of threw broken English. We're trying to, to communicate, but they were just so thrilled and excited to be coming down to the river to be engaging in this baptism ceremony. And I thought, man, this is so cool. We don't share our home country. We don't share our home language, but we do share the most important thing which is a belief in Jesus Christ. And in baptism, we enter one of the most practiced continual traditions of humankind. Uh, Jesus himself did this very thing that we're about to do in a river. I think maybe more as a symbol for us to follow, not that he was necessarily needing to repent, but he did this same thing. Uh, and it's one of the commands of the faith. Some, some call it a sacrament, some call it an ordinance. This is one of the things that it means to be a Christian, right? Is to repent to be baptized and then to obey the Lord Jesus, to follow him as uh, Lord and Savior, not just someone who saves, but as someone who calls the shots in your life. So why? Why is baptism such a big deal? And what does it mean? I was probably well into my seminary training before I fully understood why we do baptism and what exactly it corresponds to and what it means. So we just finished a long series, I think eight or nine you know, episodes long, for lack of a better term, on St. Paul and St. Paul uh, and going through his life. And so I'm just much more fresh on Paul right now than I normally am. And I remember he, he probably explains baptism more thoroughly than anyone else. So I'm going to read this passage uh, from Romans 6, 1 to 11. So feel free to just listen along or if you want to pull it up, I'm reading from the NIV. He says, so people have been accusing Paul of saying, hey, you know, cheap grace, like, Jesus comes to forgive you, so just live however you want and you'll just be forgiven. And that's been a Protestant issue for hundreds of years that we, there are people that keep falling back on this cheap grace. I can essentially live however I want and not obey Jesus because he will forgive me. And Paul, 2,000 years ago, is responding to this same thing that people are saying that he is saying, hey, you know, you've got Jesus, you can just live how you want and Jesus will just cover you. And he says this, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I encourage you, for those of you who are family members, for those of you who are getting baptized today, to go back to Romans 6 later this day, this week, this month, and really pray over this. And <laughs> this is loud. Pray over this and ask God to speak to your heart on what this means. What does this commitment mean that you are making and have made or made a long time ago? Read through Romans 6 and study this. So baptism corresponds to a lot of things, and we won't go on to all of them, um, but one of them is the Exodus, right? That, that Israel was a slave to Egypt. And that as they marched out of there and they came upon this sea, right, this Red Sea that they couldn't pass, God split the waters, right? And they were figuratively entering into death. It, just, it was only by faith that they were able to stay alive. And they entered through the Red Sea and crossed into Arabia and Egypt also followed them. But if you remember the story, you know what happened to the Egyptian soldiers who followed them as God didn't keep the sort of the walls of faith up and they all drowned in the sea. And in a way, baptism is meant to signify the same thing, that we pass through in faith, we pass through death, and we come out to salvation and rescue on the other side. Meanwhile, we leave our slavery behind. So the Exodus is the, if, there, if anyone asks you, what is the principal event of the Old Testament? The key thing, the, the, the thing that people think of, like when Jesus is thinking about the Old Testament, what is the key event? It's the Exodus. That is the principal foundational event that it has the most references, the most stories. Everything goes back to the Exodus. They were slaves. God called them. So if anyone ever tells you the Old Testament's full of law and the New Testament is full of grace, don't believe them, right? In a way, that's true. But there is so much grace in the Old Testament that God freely called and elected Israel through no merit of their own. And he calls them out of their bondage in Egypt. And he has them pass through the waters into life. And that is one of the many sort of symbolic ties of baptism that God freely elects us in Jesus. He freely calls us in his grace that we have not earned. And he calls us through death by faith to come out the other side into salvation while slavery and death and everything that pursues us is left behind drowning in the waters behind us. That is one meaning of baptism. And then of course in Christ, we have a much stronger significance in Christ that he went up on the cross, he died for us. But as you know, death did not have dominion over him. It didn't hold him. So on the third day, he defeated death and he de defeated sin. And we can enter into him, into that death with him and be raised again to new life. So we were buried with Christ in death and we are united with him in a death like his. Paul says we are crucified together with him, our old self crucified, that we might not be stuck in Egypt any longer and might not be slaves to sin any longer. But we have a new life 
And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, so too he will raise us. And we will walk with him forever in newness of life. Paul again said, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, especially for you baptismal candidates today, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be baptized. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That is what you are here today to proclaim, that you are dead to sin, but alive to God. It doesn't mean that you will never sin again. And any Christian, especially the saints, the, 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 be, the best Christians who've gone before us, they know this more truly than anyone. It does not mean that you will never sin again. But it does mean that you recognize that that self, that old self's days are numbered. Okay, it doesn't mean you'll never sin again, but it means that old self, that his or her days are numbered. That part of you is dead in your trespasses, but Jesus defeated that sin on the cross. And if and when you stumble, if you confess with a repentant heart, then you have, First John tells us, you have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous. You are dead to sin, but you are alive with Christ. Under the water, that's what that symbolizes. You die under the water, right? You know, if you stay there for a few minutes, or if you're some like crazy David Blaine, if you stay there for like 20 minutes, then you're dead. But that's the symbols. You're dying under the water, but then you're rising again to new life. And so uh, today, this is kind of strange for me, on my final teaching sermon for you, my 164th sermon, I'm kind of a geek, I numbered them, uh, 164th sermon for you, uh, I, I stressed over, should I find a way to sum it all up or somehow say, what is the whole kernel of my main you know, drive in teaching, uh, in, in preaching? Uh, but I realized I don't really have a final sermon. I don't really have a conclusion. I don't have a final send-off. Uh, what I do have, though, is just to say, I think this is it. I think baptism is the send-off. Baptism is my whole message here. It sums it all up, that we have died together with Christ, we have died to our former way of life, and we have been raised again to new life. Jesus is Savior, and this is one thing that we miss in the evangelical church, but he is also Master. He is Lord. So when we say, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, we often are just thinking Savior, and then we're going to go live however we want to. But Lord means master or king. He is also our master or king. So baptism, listen here. This is maybe the most, I think, the most interesting part of the sermon. <laughs> baptism is not only assent to what Jesus did. It's not only believing in it or knowing it. Listen to this. Knowing Jesus is the son of God and died and rose again. This might sound crazy at first. Knowing Jesus is the son of God and died and rose again is not enough. Knowledge is not enough because you know who else believes that? The demons and Satan. They know and they believe without a doubt that Jesus is the son of God, died on the cross and rose again on the third day. Belief and knowledge is not enough. Knowing is not enough. But through baptism and other means, we declare allegiance. This is what I'm talking about. And this is what we often forget. And people mean, you know, when people say, just, you know, believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, they're, they're right, right? They're, they're, they're getting it right. But we often are not stressing this, that knowledge is not enough. Satan believes those same things. But allegiance is what Satan does not have. Allegiance is what the demons do not have. Through baptism, we are declaring allegiance. Not only that we know, but that we also trust that we love and that we follow. Jesus is not just savior. 
He is also master. He is also Lord, discipler, teacher, and we need to follow him in his steps. That is the distinction we often forget. He's not just savior. He's also master and Lord. And that is what we declare through baptism is not just intellectual assent, but also allegiance to that truth. And so by doing this today, you five or maybe six or seven, if we've got some last minute takers, uh, you will join the hundreds of millions, probably even billions of people all over the world for the last 2000 years. And even before Jesus in a Jewish custom from uh, the last 2000 years from countries that no longer exist in languages that, were, that are no longer even spoken on the face of the earth today. You're joining that stream. People were getting baptized in countries that no longer exist in languages that no longer are even spoken by living people and from empires whose names only live on in the history books. But this remains that though everything else in this world and this, this life passes like a flower in the field, the word of God lives forever. And someday, see if you can jump into the future with me, someday, ages and ages hence, if Jesus has not come back yet, they will look back on this time from millennia forward, possibly even on other planets and weird stuff like that. Who knows where we're going, right? They will look back and say, man, even at this time, people were being baptized even then in a country that no longer exists. In a language, believe it or not, our language, five, 10,000 years from now, will not be spoken anymore. In a language that's no longer spoken. In a river, if you can believe it, one of the mightiest, probably by some counts, the second mightiest river in the world if you draw out far enough, it will not exist. It will dry up. It will change and it will be gone if you go far enough out. Even the Mississippi will cease to exist someday. But the word of God will remain forever. The truth that Jesus died for you, was raised on the third day and defeats sin and death and walks ahead of us through the waters of death and rebirth, that will live forever. And you, dead in your sins, dead in your trespasses, but repenting, trusting in Jesus, declaring allegiance, you too will follow him and you too will live forever. And this is what baptism means, knowing the truth and declaring allegiance to the truth. And this is what you are proclaiming today. Um, let me pray and then I'll give a few instructions here, okay? Uh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these candidates who are declaring allegiance to you to the fact that you are the son of God, that you died on the cross for our sins, that you rose again, defeating sin and death on the third day, and that we can follow you through that death, that burial, that Red Sea. We can follow you into death and into new life. And we pray that you would bless these baptismal candidates, that you would bless Capital City Church, and that you bless everyone here in these twin cities with your good news of the gospel. And we lift this up in Jesus' name, amen. This is a project of the Capital City Church in the West 7th community of St. Paul, Minnesota. Find us on Instagram at Capital City Church STP or visit our website for more information at capitalcitystpaul.com. Paul.com.